Welcome to Third Space, the podcast that aims to fill the yawning gap between the Christian church and secular culture. In particular, uh, this global crisis we find ourselves in and all of the implications we find for living in wartime. I'm Steve McAlpine. And I'm David Robertson. And in this episode, we're taking a look at a favourite topic of David's, music in wartime. Of all the gifts that God has given us, music is the most powerful. At least that's what John Calvin said, not someone you often associate with being a musician. Uh, and it is an incredibly powerful thing. So for me, there are certain songs that evoke memories and emotion, particularly, um, give you an, just an example, Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. It's such an angry, brilliant song that brings to mind the unrest in 1967, which I wasn't part of, I was only five, um, the Vietnam War, and just everything around that. And I, and I love the fact that it captures the questioning and it captures the anger so well. There are other songs as well which have a, a, a similar evocative thing for me. So, Beethoven's Pastoral. Now, I was not into classical music. I was, believe it or not, a hip and happening student, Steve. And uh, uh, I ordered, I belong to this thing called a record club, and I ordered a record, uh, which I think, if I remember rightly, was Led Zeppelin IV. Anyway, the record turned up and I put the under the package and I couldn't believe it. It was Beethoven. They'd given me Beethoven instead of Led Zeppelin. And I put it on, I lay on my bed and I was just a bit fed up and I heard this music and I started thinking of things like thunderstorms and rain and meadows and so on. And when I sat up, I just thought it was beautiful. And when I sat up and looked at the record cover, I just thought, that's what it's about. That's what it's supposed to be about. And again, it just showed me the power of music. Uh, another example would be Sultans of Swing from Dire Straits, where I think the thing that always brings a smile to my face about that one, it's not the, the lyrics, to, to me, they're relatively meaningless. It is the unbelievable guitar work and musical virtuosity. It just, it's, it stands out.
Mark Knopfler, his guitar work, you just have to admire. And it's a joyful song. But music is not just about joy. It's also about la lament. And I'm, I'm going to play this for Steve just to remind him of his Celtic roots because this is Julie Fowler singing, I, I won't pronounce it in Gaelic, a Gaelic lament. not the most theologically correct in that it's about the fairies taking away her sister but it's just a beautiful beautiful song and music is great at expression expressing the emotion of sadness but then there's something else as well the power of collective singing Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you most um, dramatic in terms of that is at this time of of lockdown and so on people singing together over the internet now I'm not sure how that's done I find it difficult to sing in time and harmony with people next to me but uh, in the UK, a number of churches got together from different backgrounds and singers from those churches, uh, and they recorded this song called The Blessing. And it is stunningly beautiful. It is really well done. And I, I, I was just amazed by it. What does, that, what does that music do? One, it's a prayer that's sung. Two, it, it's, um, how will I put it? It's a symbol of unity, different voices in, in harmony together from different backgrounds and different churches, yet being united together. So, so music just has this incredible power to unite, to express emotion, and to do all those things. It's a wonderful gift. Now, of course, the Australians, well, we Australians, dare I say it now, I, I'm, a, I'm an Aussie too, mate. Um, we were not going to be outdone with that one. So there's an Australian version of this. If you want to see the Australian version, then click on the link that we provide. Amen. 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 
pray a blessing, manna rain down from heaven This isn't second guessing, we know that we are protected May the peace that surpasses all understanding be our message Grace and favors in your nature, in your essence favor be upon you And a thousand generations And your family, and your children And the children, and the children Please favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children Please favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children Now, I, I threatened you last week with me and Steve forming a boy band, but we're not going to do that because we're men, not boys. So we're going to form a heavy metal band. But collective singing, it's not just in churches that that happens. This is something from the, uh, a concert in Essex with tens of thousands of people waiting for Queen to come on board and, and to play. And they sang Bohemian Rhapsody verbatim all the way through. Tens of thousands of people. Steve, I mean, you, right, okay, all these bits of music. Um, what do you think about all of that? I mean, I'm an, I'm an enthusiast for music. I love it. I can't play a note, but I love it. Look, I think exactly what you just said about music. I can't play music and I can't sing, and nor can you, but you just don't know that yet, I think. And uh, But music, uh, people say music's just a thing or it's a product. It's neutral. Is, is music really neutral when you look at what you've just uh, shown us there it, it taps into emotion in a big way doesn't it yeah no music is never neutral music cannot be neutral um i think styles of music uh, you know to say that something is bad or good uh, you know i would have uh, i remember i was at a um, a wedding in sweden this is this is, honestly is a true story i know you're not gonna believe this but uh, i was and i this guy was sitting beside me he had long long red hair big guy um, I'll not go into the whole story. He lived in the woods. He didn't believe in electricity. But I said, what do you do? He said, oh, I'm the lead singer in a black metal band. And I went, what do you mean black metal? And he said, well, it's like heavy metal and death metal, but just darker and heavier and quicker. And I Is went, that possible? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and, and you don't believe in electricity? That was my first thought. <laughs> uh, you know, he said, well, it makes sense for the guitars. And I said, is this like a big thing? He said, yeah, we pray to clouds, crowds of 10,000 in Northern Germany, North America, and mostly Scandinavia. And I said, okay. And he said, and I'm a Christian as well. And all of us are Christians. I said, so you're a Christian who plays in a death metal or a black metal band. And, well, he says, black metal's really, um, you know, this that's what they call the satanic stuff. We're really death metal, he should have said. And I, I just thought, okay, okay. Um, maybe... 
all different genres can be used in in different ways. I mean, do you think there's some type of music that's more godly than others? Uh, look, I grew up in the slightly fundamentalist part of uh, the world called Northern Ireland, which uh, music was not neutral. You know, some of it was very bad. And then the music we had to sing at church was, uh, you know, church for Sunday was itchy pants and a scratchy shirt and bad music in my book. But for me, discovering music in my late teens at university put me onto uh, gothic music and all those sorts of things. But I'll tell you the neutrality aspect of it. It's definitely not neutral. And when my father died a few years ago, I listened to Sufjan Stevens' album Carrie and Lowell on high rotation for about five months because it's a grief album about his death of his mother. And he is a Christian, uh, not a Christian artist, but the depths of those songs. And there's one in particular called No Shade in the Shadow of the Cross. My mother give wings to a stone It's only the shadow of a cross You know, I was a mess. That was my recovery album for, for my father's death, to be honest. And so um, is there such a thing as bad music or good music? Um, Depends who you are and what you're listening to and why. And uh, one album could be amazing at one time in life and not later. So is it? It's not just about taste, is it? No. I okay. One, we're agreed that music is not neutral, and I think that's important because it's what it's conveying and what it's doing. And I do think that, you know, if you listen to something like Wagner or you know something like the you know, the pistols or whatever, or some of the, the rap, which is advocating murder and so on. I think we have to be very, very careful about what music is, is, is doing to us, to us is very powerful, but in terms of it's been used for propaganda, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 And in terms of bad music or good music, um, it's like bad art or good art. No, I'm sorry. Um, you, you seemed not to appreciate the quality of my singing, which I'm absolutely just, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'll ever sing again. I mean, you've ruined my career. <laughs> do you know? Do you know Simon Cowell? Don't you? Do you know Simon Cowell? I do, yeah, and does he know you? That's more the question. Well, I'm sure he does. <laughs> Simon Cowell. There's this wonderful clip. He's so rude and so obnoxious. But this guy came on. I can't remember. It was America's Got Talent or something. No, it couldn't have been America because he wouldn't have done this to an American. The guy would never have recovered. But this guy comes on and he and he starts singing and. Um, people started laughing and the, uh, the rest of it. Then Simon Cowell kind of looks and says, look, whatever you do, go back to it because you haven't got any career in music. You can't sing. You're rubbish. Now get off my stage. And what got me was the guy came off and despite everything, and he couldn't sing, he, he kind of cried a little bit and said, Simon doesn't believe in me, but I believe in me. I'm going to be number one. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, no, no. Actually, he probably could be number one because he was so bad. But yeah. there is such a thing <laughs> as singing in tune. There is such a thing as notes that connect together. There is such a thing as beauty in music. Agreed? Yeah. 
Yeah, look, I do agree. And look, I, I've been encouraged just watching different things in lockdown when people have put music up. People from our church who are good musicians have been on local university radio where they just have a video cam and a good mic. But a beautiful piece of music the other day, and this is where spirituality comes into music in a good way. Uh, two great uh, singers, um, Islander girls who live in Australia, were singing with uh, Paul Kelly, the singer-songwriter, uh, not the chief uh, assistant chief medical officer, uh, and they were singing an old gospel classic uh, in a land where we'll never grow old. There was a pre-recording of Paul Kelly and the two, uh, Linda and Vicar Bull, sitting in their house in lockdown, harmonising in a way that would make you just melt. I have What about Christian spiritual music? Has it is it a an elevated plane to music? I think it was John Blanchard who once said, "Is there such a thing as a Christian potato, a Christian building, Christian music?" And I, I, John Blanchard was writing against the whole idea of rock music per se, and I thought he was wrong. But um, Christian music, what is it? Is it a song that just mentions the name of Jesus over and over again? You know, it, it, I, there's a certain style. I think I used to hate Christian, what was called Christian music. But recently it's become a lot better and you, you get a lot of different styles, which is very, very good. Fundamentally, I don't think, I think music is music and I think it can be used to convey the gospel. I think it can be used to convey spirituality as well. And I wouldn't make a sharp distinction. Well, you've read the book and you've probably got the T-shirt. And now for the podcast, Evangelism in a Skeptical World with Sam Chan. Uh, that's non-Christians we speak to today are generally post-churched and post-reached and post-Christendom. What does it all mean? If we're going to tell our friends about Jesus, we're going to need new approaches that take into account who they are and the world they live in. This is a six-part super podcast by the Super Sam Chan. Uh, author of Evangelism in a Skeptical World and who's also an evangelist for City Bible Forum. You can subscribe for that at eternitypodcast.com. 
Well, thanks for entering the third space with us. Uh, coming up next episode, you'll find out what all the music is for. And I am absolutely delighted that my colleague Steve is leading this next subject, which is... Next week, we're covering the uh, top shelf item, sex in wartime uh, and relationships, all those sorts of things to do with uh, who we are, what relationships and how they've operated in these times. So, uh, as the French would say, au revoir from me. Auf Wiedersehen from me. Brought to you by... The Eternity Podcast Network.